Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. We traveled back to New York. I'm a huge fan of New York. And we have a very special guest with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, uh, my name is Sal. I play drums for Reign of Salvation. Thanks for having me here, Jamie. Appreciate it. No problem. Um, I, I feel like this is um, like a long time coming. I knew that I've always wanted to have you on as a guest. Um, it just was a matter of time till we actually made it happen. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think. I think uh, it was. Um, it was Steve who introduced both of us. Well, yeah. introduced me to you. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let, let's get into that. So I was on uh, Twitter one day and just, you know, scrolling through the timeline like I normally do. And I came across I came across this video of um, this guy in a ghost inside shirt um, ripping his shirt off to like a Drake <laughs> song. And um, so I, I'm friends with uh, the Ghost Inside's merch guy. Um, so I sent him the video and I was just dying and he was like, who is that guy? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was funny. So um, I actually like went out of my way to like repost it on like, I think my, my Instagram and I was just talking about how funny I thought the video was. And Steve, he hit me up. He was like, he's like, Hey, do you know that guy? I'm like, no, like, do you? And he's like, yeah, like that's my buddy Sal. And I'm like, dude, like that guy's hilarious. Like I can't get over like this video. So he like um, gave me like your, I think your Twitter or Instagram and I just started following you from there. I, I hate, I hate to be the bearer of bad news too about that video. That video was not my idea. That was, <laughs> that was my friend Harold. I, we were, um, we were at, uh, he lives in Woodside, Queens. We were at his apartment and he lives on the top floor. Okay. So, uh, he was like, Sal, would you wear this? It was the ghost inside long sleeve. It was, it was a large, it was a size large. I'm a big man. I don't wear a size large. And um, he was just like, yo, just go outside. And he's like, just go on the balcony. He's like, just rip the shirt. And I'm going to play Drake in the background. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever, you know. Sounds stupid enough. And what do you know? It uh, Here I am now because of that video. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, y- your friend Harold, um, is he in the scene? Uh, Harold, um, he plays guitar in Hangman. Okay, that's what I, I thought you were thinking of. Um, shout outs to Harold. Um, I, I sent you an email uh, almost a year ago. So if you could um, check that and email me back. Thank you. I'll, I'll tell him next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. Um, uh, damn. So so Harold was the reason for that video. That's so funny. Um, he, he just didn't want that shirt anymore. No, he just like I, I like he just we were just all just hanging out. It was really late, and he just brought it out. He's like, just like Sal put this on. I was like, okay, you know, like I was like, oh, you know, it's definitely not gonna fit me well, but you know, I'll wear it. And I don't know what uh, spurred the whole like you know just rip it while I play Drake in the background. But, you know, I was like, oh, you know, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> Let's do it. But you you've done like a ton of um, videos like after that because uh, I feel like that's just something you did before, right? It's like it's like I wasn't. It, I just try to like I, I feel like that's just you know my internet persona, just like do stupid shit, you know, and just you know like the the auto tune videos, the Casey Frey esque videos, and just like you know just do something like stupid just to pull some laughs and stuff like that, but. I mean, obviously, it's it it it's a little widespread, 
I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it just like to, you know, like become a, a, a shit post influencer or anything like that. I'm just trying to pull some laughs like from my friends, but it just happens to just blow up sometimes. Yeah. So it's just like kind of like a byproduct. Like you're not um, trying to be some sort of like like the next Vine guy or something weird like that. No, nah, dude, I'm just a guy that literally sometimes like tweets. My name is Jeff all the time. That's it. You um, mentioned those auto-tune videos. I, I think those are like the funniest videos that you do. I haven't done one in a minute just because like, you know, like um, I just found this app one day. I was scrolling. It was, it was just a vocoder app. I think it was literally called a vocoder. And, you know, you can just metro, like mess around with all the pitches and everything like that and put like weird effects on your voice. And then it got to the point where people were like um you should you know you should just like charge people and like make custom videos and stuff like that um i only did that for like a week people did pay me i don't know i still to this day don't know why that's I mean, wild and uh, people you know people paid me to do that i tried to at least you know give them their money's worth but like you know everybody once once it caught on everyone started doing it and it was like oh okay you know he kind of fell off just like the whole like TikTok nonsense and stuff like that on ironically doing those. Yeah. I, I never got into TikTok, but I uh, saw like, uh, like a bunch of those videos on my timeline. Ugh. And that's, you know, that stuff was just, you know, just being stupid. Yeah. That was pretty much it. The best auto tune video you ever did was, um, I think it was like leading up to LDB. Um, you mentioned uh, dare. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it was it was Angel, the single, uh, the singer of Dare, was like, yo, like he just hit me up. He's like, yo, can you just make a video like uh, promoting the tour that they were doing to LDB Fest? Uh, I think it was them, um, them, Low End, and Cross Me. And so you know, I was just just chilling in my bed when he messaged me, and I just brought you know just broke the app out and I did it, and you know. I um later you know I went to LDB and I met Angel, you know shout out Dare. Dare's one of the, that was my first time ever listening to Dare, seeing Dare. Awesome straight edge band. I hope they come. You know I hope they come and play Long Island or New York sometime soon. I'd love to play a gig with them also. But like Angel, like you know it was just cool. You know like just me just meeting Angel and like you know just hitting it off with them right there. You know just based off like a, like a stupid shit post I made from as a joke. You know. Yeah, they're a great band. Shout out to Dare. <laughs> like I, I'm always um, proud. Like whenever I see anybody like talking about them or posting about them, since they're from uh, Orange County, and I'm like always super proud of Orange County hardcore. Dude, Orange County hardcore. Shouts out Orange County hardcore. <laughs> uh, man, man um, so you're uh, from Long Island. Yeah, well, yeah, Long Island, New York. Okay, and I feel like um, Long Island is, is like a you know cool place because there's so many good bands coming out of that area. Um, before uh, Reign of Salvation, did you play in any other bands? I did not know. Um, Reign of Salvation was the maybe like attempt number, oh, man, attempt maybe number seven or eight for me to like sit down and jam with people and actually like, you know, do something. And, you know, 
Uh, you know, they say like third time's a charm. Well, maybe it was like, you know, eighth, seventh or eighth time is the charm. Damn. What happened in all those other times? Did people just it, get over it or what? Uh, mostly um, everyone that wanted to do something. Uh, everyone that wanted to jam and wanted to specifically do like a sound uh, that I wanted to do as well um, was either, you know, didn't have the time or they're also in like one or one or two other bands that was, uh, you know, um, taking them away from it, which I mean is completely understandable. You have priorities and everything like that. For sure. So how did um, this attempt um, make it through? Did the members of the band or are they like solely in Reign of Salvation? Um, so Reign of Salvation started as a, you know, just like a joke pitch from uh, my friend uh, TJ, who plays in a band called um, Atonement. Uh, he was on tour. Um, he was on tour uh, last summer. Uh, summer of Fear. It was Typecast, Atonement, Tourniquet, and Foreign Hands. And you know, it started off as a joke pitch between me, uh, him, and our, our buddy Steve. Um, and um, TJ is originally from Maine. He went to college in Massachusetts. And he was telling me that he was moving to Long Island after he graduated because he didn't want to go back home to Maine because apparently there's nothing in Maine. I don't know. I've never been there. Um, yeah. So TJ now lives like 20 minutes away from me. So once I realized that he was, you know, he was that close, uh, he just kept coming over, coming over my house two, three times a week. Uh, and we just, you know, just spearheaded the whole entire thing. It stuck. Uh, he was really into it. Uh, everything, the other members really fell into place after, you know, um, the music was, you know, 50 to 60% done. Uh, we have, um, James who, uh, uh, lives in, well, no, he lives, he lives in Jersey. He's moving back home to Delaware and he was going to sing. And then we have Zach, who lives in Mass, who plays bass. And we originally didn't have a second guitarist, and we picked up our friend Marazzo, who's from Long Island, and he also plays in um, Typecast and Draw the Line. I think you literally had him on your podcast a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I was actually going to shout them out at some point during this podcast. Those guys are sick. Yeah, Draw the Line's awesome. That that new record they put out sounds straight up like it looks so good and so evil. It's cool to see it's cool to see like that band go from point A to point B where they are now and just the sound they developed. Awesome and also shout out Jimmy. I hope you listen to this, Jimmy. You know I love you. And I'm really proud of you. Hell yeah. Shout out Jimmy. Um yeah, definitely soaked on that band. I I hope um, you know, that episode helped and I hope more people are checking that band out because I, I think um what they're doing not only for Long Island, but just uh, you know, hardcore in general, it, it's awesome. Yeah. And um you know being able to, you know, still have them around, like play shows play shows with them was awesome. We played a show with them in April. Well, maybe it is April now, instead of the beginning of April. Um, I think that was the uh, that was the Safe and Sound uh, foreign foreign hand show, and um, I hope to put more shows with them now. But I mean, like Long Island's in such a cool state because you have I have bands like I like grew up with um, when I first started going to shows, like Draw the Line still around, and then we have you know like new bands coming around, and then we have you know like the 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 really like popular bands like you know Hangman and Sanction. 
you know, just, you know, taking over the world and slowly, like surely, but slowly. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. Like I said earlier, I'm, I, I definitely, um, have a soft spot for like everything you guys are doing out there in long Island. Cause I feel like, uh, just so many good bands are just making moves out there and it's something cool to see. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, what I could say is, you know, like when I first started going to shows, um, you know, I, I, I could walk into a room and, you know, know everybody there and, uh, you know, see the same familiar faces. And then, um, I went to, I moved away from home for two years. I went to college in Florida. And then when I moved home, it was just, just like, I was like, wow, like I got to like pick the faces I know in the crowd. Um, the people I like grew up with are still there, obviously, but it was just such a huge um, flux of like new kids, younger kids, new faces, everything. They're starting bands, and it's still always like that, which is cool. What part of Florida did you move to for college? I moved to Winter Park, which was basically Orlando. Okay, how was it down there? Um. The, I'll summarize it. I loved, I like, I loved everybody that I met down there. I love all all the places I got to go. Um, but being a northerner, um, hated being there because there's, you know, it's like summer twenty four seven there. Humidity is just awful. Everything that you hear about Florida and those crazy like news headlines happens there. It really does, and just being from here, like Florida is a place that you would go to for maybe a week to 10 days tops or a vacation, not live there for two years. So the day after I graduated, I packed up all my stuff that I was taking back with me and I moved back home. I've been to Florida three times in my life and they've all been because I went to visit Disney world. And the first trip I went, I was there for two weeks and I felt like that was a lifetime. It was such a long trip. Like I'm not going to lie. Um, sorry, Chad, Emily, if you guys hear this, um, literally after the first week, I, I, I was good to go. I was like, I'm ready to go home. Uh, we saw all the parks. This is cool. Uh, I get homesick, which is weird. So <laughs> to have to spend another week there when I wanted to go home, it was, uh, it was like a weird experience. Yeah. And it's like, I know you're heavy into Disney. I was really big into uh, prior prior to moving down there. The last time I was in Florida was when I was eight years old. Okay. So, um, um, I got a Universal pass. I'm a huge Universal guy, and everything that 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 park has to offer. But I burnt myself out on that so quickly by going all the time. And you know, I met a couple of people who worked at Disney who would, like give out comp passes, and I'm like, okay, if friends want to go, like I'll go to Disney. Um. And even just like I burnt myself on that, burnt myself out on that also. It was really just like it was really just like the people that I met kept me grounded, and I was homesick a lot. I really missed being home and being with my family and uh, close friends. But you know, like moving, you know, college was a commitment for me, and I wanted to, you know, just like stand my ground and finish it, and then come back home. I feel like. Um I couldn't imagine living there because the three times that I've been like the first time um, was two weeks. The second time was a week. And then the third time, which was like pretty recent, I was only there for like three days. Um, I can't imagine like 
I can't, I can't imagine being there and not being like, you know, uh, doing something that involves Disney. Cause I feel like it's just like, you know, such a main focus for like that part of Florida. Okay. Okay. I mean, like just recently this past October, I went back and, uh, to some, uh, surprise, uh, some friends in uh, Orlando and Tallahassee and, the morning that I left Long Island to go to Orlando, it was like 42 degrees. Uh, I prefer colder weather now, post living in Florida. Um, I never want to be in hot weather ever. And um, so it's 42 here. I, I walk out of the door of the Orlando airport and it's it's 82. My glasses immediately fog up and I just feel the humidity like cover me like a blanket. And I just I just yelled. I went with my friend Aaron and he was like, dude, what's your problem? I was like, dude, I can't believe I'm actually like willingly, like I agreed to go back to Florida. Damn. So from Orlando to Tallahassee, that's like, like almost four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Give or take four or five hours. It was a lot of traveling, um, going in between, like we, uh, we were going to, uh, surprise, uh, some our friends Silvio and Christian in Tallahassee. We did. And then we were going, we had plans to, go back to Orlando and, um, see my friend Travis. And we also, uh, caught vein. Uh, they were the same night they were playing in downtown Orlando. So that was cool. That's pretty awesome. I, I uh, couldn't even imagine going to a show out there. Um, I mean, Florida, I mean, moving away showed me how, how, how lucky I am to be, from Long Island and have a scene like Long Island because Florida was a, especially Orlando, honestly, like it was very like, um, just always like confrontational, very like, very like, um, inclusive and just a lot of like stupid nonsense going on with like, um, crews and whatnot. And like, I was like, uh, I don't like being here, you know, like the shows kind of like are, are shot and the people here are shot and really don't want to welcome new people in. And it's like a bunch of like grown men beating up like teenagers and stuff like that. I was like, this is, this sucks. I want to go back to Long Island, you know? Yeah. That's always weird to me when, um, you know, people or certain scenes in hardcore, like aren't very, aren't very welcoming to, you know, new people. Cause like, I, I feel like that's like, um, one way to keep things alive and strong is, uh, you know, welcoming new people, even like young kids too, which like is one thing that I always say on this podcast is like, you know, the younger generation of hardcore is like always important. So for people to like, uh, like try to shut them out or like beat them up, it's just like so weird to me. Yeah. Cause I mean, like if you're going to do that, then that means like, we're, it's good. It's going to end with you, you know, you gotta, you know, pass it on, you know, people, you know, it's, it's not for everybody, but the people that are, you know, are young and they're inclined and they want to like, they, they really want to be a part of it. You know, you should welcome them in and like inspire them to, you know, maybe like write a zine, start a band, you know, book shows, stuff like that. Any little thing like that where you can support your scene helps. For sure. That's um, honestly the main reason why I do this. Um, I, I started this podcast. Um, it was just kind of like a weird idea. Like I, I used to uh, stream on Twitch, but then I got lazy and just, uh, haven't done that for a while. And I, I was kind of like staring at my equipment one day and I, and I realized I'm like, Oh, like I could probably start a podcast with like the stuff that I have. So I, I did like a, like a bunch of like solo episodes. And then I got like this weird idea, um, to have guests. Cause I, I, I used to, um, hit up bands and like do, um, these like, um, 
email interviews and that, that, that was cool for a while. Like I was thankful for the people that gave me their time of day. Um, but then I figured I, I wanted to step it up and do something like a little cooler. So I, I started doing this podcast and I never intended it to be like a hardcore podcast. Like it's been labeled and like, I still don't consider it a hardcore podcast cause I still leave the door open, um, to anybody, um, to come on. And so, um, uh, so for people who like just think it's a hardcore podcast, it's not, I'm willing to have anybody on that's doing cool shit. Um, and, uh, this is like kind of like my way to give back is to help spread awareness for bands that I think people should be listening to and bands that I think are cool and doing like awesome shit. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a, um, a very, uh, proactive way to give back to your scene, you know, spreading awareness, you know, and cause I mean, like somebody could definitely just stumble upon your podcast and check out a, you know, somebody that's in a band that was on your podcast and just check out their band and boom, they have a new fan, you know, it's cool. Thank you. I, uh, it's like I've tried booking, sh- booking shows, not easy, not fun for me. And I um, tried being in a band, but that's just like really hard to get everybody on the same page. So I feel like yeah, I'm exactly. doing this, um, something that like, uh, I, I can kind of control since I'm like the only person doing this besides like my friends, like putting me um, in contact with certain people. Other than that, it's literally just me behind the scenes. Well, I mean, yeah, some people like, um, if I had, you know, if I had the opportunity to, you know, do a podcast and, you know, just like have me running, I feel like that would be, that would be something I would be open to just because, you know, like, Sometimes, you know, you like me personally, you know, like if I have, if I want to take full responsibility of something and just run it and like work it out and it's solely my idea, you know, like I'd rather do that than, you know, make it a collaborative effort, especially for something, you know, like, like if I was to do a podcast, I would definitely have guests, uh, um, either, you know, in bands or, um, I have some friends that Twitch stream and I'd like to, you know, pick their brain about games and stuff like that. Anything, you know, just like. I think like if you have the personality where you can shoot the shit about anything, like you should do a podcast. That's cool. For me, I spend most of my time like, like alone. Cause I, I work like Monday through Friday. I have like a corporate job. Um, so, um, I like work really early and I don't really deal with people. So like for most of the day I'm like by myself. Um, and if I'm not by myself, I'm either with my buddies, Johnny or Garrett. And I, I just have so much like I want to say. So like I um, sometimes feel bad for, for them because I, I like talk their ear off like about just like everything that's like, you know, going on. Um, so I, I feel like this is like a cool outlet for me to be able to talk to, you know, some of the people that like I, I'm a fan of and, um, you know, being able to express myself this way. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, um, let me say like, like three fifths of Rain of Salvation is, uh, we call it nine to five hardcore. They got big boy jobs. Me, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully in the works of getting a big boy job to almost two years out of college. Um, but definitely I do. I, I feel like that sometimes too, though, even though I don't work like, you know, 40 hours a week, you know, like 30 or 35, give or take, I just like, you know, wake up, go to work come home, you know, mess around on my MacBook, listen to music. I spend most of my days either, you know, just hanging out in Discord and like bullshitting with friends or uh, I've been trying to like just uh, personally like get better at Photoshop. So I've been just tackling different things on there. And, uh, you know, it's cool to like 
on the weekends too if i'm able to you know just like go hang out you know just see what everybody's up to talk my mind about things and yeah so i uh, just wanted to uh, ask about reign of salvation so you're able to um you know kind of get everything going after like you said in seven or eight tries of um trying to start a band um you guys released um would you call this like your ep yeah well you know like it was it was we were me and tj were sitting on these songs for for a while it felt like like we had like we had every the, those five tracks in our back pocket and I have the equipment to record a, a demo. I could have done it in my bedroom, you know. I feel like, you know, we we're past the point of, you know, releasing a demo. Uh, we wanted to, you know, um, collaborate with my friend Chris, who uh, he recorded the uh, the Draw the Line record. And um, just based on that record alone and his production, I knew I wanted to go with him. So I was like, you know, let me hit up Chris. Let's see if he wants to work. And, you know, because figured, you know, we're past the stage of doing a demo at this point, you know, a rough demo. Let's, let's like make it sound, let's, let's, you know, put some substance into these five tracks and make them like really well done. So I'd call it an EP. Okay, for sure. So it's been about, um, like, like I said, a little over a month since the EPs came out. And I feel like, um, based from what I've seen online, it's gotten like a pretty good reception. Yeah. Um, blown away by that, honestly. Um, we we had a couple we have uh we had multiple tape runs uh that sold out um very quickly we had uh we have life and death brigade uh pressing pressing the uh, war outside and within uh for seven inch which is crazy to me um and just like you know just been nothing but kind words from uh seeing people on like the internet or like my friends just talking nothing but good things about rain salvation and like the, just like the fact that, you know, something that I put a lot of myself into, um, you know, has just been received well. And it, it's it's like putting a positive impact on other people, too. And, you know, no one has claimed Edge yet because of my band. I hope that happens one day. hope we inspire somebody to claim Edge. Because at this heart, you know, at the heart of the band, we're a straight edge band. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm not like me and tj didn't have it in mind you know like let's like let's start this banding and like um take off and like do this and like no we just want to play something that you know we wanted to play we want to play music that we wanted to play and you know at the end of the day uh you know lyrics that resonate with people the and the band itself will have meaning that hopefully could resonate with other people as well i think it's uh pretty cool that um you know after all like the um i don't want to say failed attempts but like um uh, attempts of you trying to start a band like you know this one um was able to you know take off and like do good because most of the time when, when people start bands um for like the first time um you know it, it could go either way like it, it could just be like you know really bad or you know good and sometimes like it's easy to tell when, when people have, have like you know started like their first band you know whether it be like lyrically or just the way the music was written so the fact that um you know after all those attempts um you were able to get this one going and it be perceived well by everybody who's listening yeah and you know we were we were like um 
we, we weren't struggling, but we were like, we were like joking, you know, like, what do we put this out? I'm like, you know, like, like, uh, everyone hates it. Everyone's like, oh, TJ, you suck at guitar. Sal, you suck at drums. Um, James, you like, James, you're like, you're awful vocals. We joked around about stuff like that. But like I said, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just wanted to play the music we wanted, we want to play. And it's luckily enough, you know, that people like it enough that it connected with them and it, and that so many people it's connected with so many people has been perceived so well. And like, we wanted to, we wanted to really, you know, like I said, you know, just do something with meaning and also, you know, revive the, revive the whole, you know, like metallic hardcore sound. Cause like, I guess like, you know, like foundation, uh, discoursey music, you know, um, you don't really see people really doing that style anymore. Um, since like, you know, foundation is broken up, discourse is broken up. Um, but on the flip side, we have like our first, it's like, like our first three songs sound like, um, TJ was listening to nothing but like all war and kickback and that he inspired, that inspired those riffs. And then the, the last two songs, you know, it's very turmoil sounding, very foundation sounding. Um, and it's like we've been trying to like take those those realms and like combine them, and I feel like you know nobody has done that. We want to take a, like a fresh new approach to the sound, and uh, and you know it's just it's been received well. And uh, now we uh, we started um, we started the other day writing um, new music. Don't know where it's gonna go. Um, don't know what we're like what we're trying to write. If we're gonna do another EP, or we're gonna do um, you know. One like one or two songs or a promo. We have no no clue yet. We just want to you know uh, get back to the drawing board and just try to like whip up something that can outdo what we already released. I've grown to be a fan of these uh, promos that bands are doing, uh, dropping like you know a couple songs here and there. Uh, not really mad at it. I think it's kind of cool to like you know give us like a little snippet of like what's to come to ca- to kind of like hold us over until like the actual release comes out. Yeah, a perfect example of that. I can uh, perfect example of that division of mom. They have what five songs um, out in the open for people to listen to. Uh, and yeah, they did their demo and then they had a, a winter promo. Uh, I think they went on tour. I forgot who they went on tour with. Um, but five songs out in the open and those five songs are just all so good that I don't know how long I, I forgot when I first saw that they were putting out a 12 inch with triple B and I feel like it was ages ago and it's still not out, you know, but like those five songs are still tight, like are, are still satisfying so many people cause they're all so good. So we you know, we were juggling that do two or three really good songs try to outdo ourselves you know tied people over um and tied ourselves over until we don't like until the next step comes you know i think i think that's a good move to do after releasing you know five songs or um you know getting people hungry for that next release i honestly feel like you guys could hold out for a while because we're like you know just uh like a little over a month and um, I feel like you could kind of let this, um, you know, linger for a long time because most bands, um, you know, uh, start with like a demo, 
EP and then, um, you know, maybe a full length, but some bands like, you know, don't even make it past that. So the fact that you guys were able to come out with like a solid, you know, first EP hasn't been out for like, you know, uh, more than a month, like, and people love, uh, the EP. I, I feel like you could sit on this for a while and it'd be okay. Um, I like, you know, um, I think, I think, you know, that could happen and we could do that. I think it's just that me and TJ are just like, um, me and TJ are just anxious to, you know, just like, you know, just hit the ground running again and just like, you'll get the wheels turning to, you know, do something else to, you know, um, you know, keep in our back pockets. Cause like those, those, the, the, the EP we had in our, our pocket, like for months and it was just all about, you know, getting everything lined up, getting everything ready to be recorded. And, um, you know, pulling the trigger on that. So, you know, we, we, we just, you know, we want to write more and, uh, who knows like how long, you know, we could ride, you know, ride the wave and, um, until, you know, like a next release, like is calling, but we see, you know, we, if we have to sit with, you know, two, three really good songs in our pocket for a while and we will. Yeah. What's weird too is, um, everything's just about timing, Exactly. Timing and, and and timing and execution, I believe, honestly, are the two biggest things. What, um, is there a possibility that um, you record like these promo songs like yourself or would you go back to um, the guy who did the EP? I would, uh, um, I, would mo- I would love to go back with Chris. Um, just want to shout him out for just being an awesome person to work with. Um, he calls his spot, um, uh, shell shock audio. Um, I recommend literally anybody, um, anybody that talks to me, uh, about, you know, wanting to find somebody to record with, I just send him his way. Cause he's awesome dude. His production is, is mint easy to work with. He, he, what, what, um, sets him apart. I think or like what sets a good, like audio engineer, uh, apart from, a, uh, you know, an okay one is that he pushes, he was pushing us to like play better and, you know, um, giving, giving criticism where criticism was needed. I think that's very important and, um, definitely somebody you're going to want to work with, but I definitely, you know, I would love to, I'm, most likely we're going to work with him again for the, whatever, whatever next release happens. For sure. That's awesome. I like to hear that, that the the guy who's recording you guys actually cares about the way that it sounds and he's not just like phoning it in just like as his job. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes people are like, okay, it's this much record and you know, that's it. Cause I mean like at the end of the day, um, you know, you gotta be invested cause like, I mean the, the quality and the way it sounds is going to be a reflection on you back at the end of the day. So, the fact, you know, he, he puts in, he goes the extra mile and, um, you know, cares and, and just all around awesome guy to work with. Wanted to ask you about, uh, the last song on the EP called to arms. You guys feature Tyler Mullen of year of the knife. How did that collab happen? Um, basically, um, uh, James being from Delaware, he's a, he's an, um, Delaware native and, uh, he just reached out to Tyler and was like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to do it? He, he envisioned like a, a vocal pattern for the end because at the end of that song, it's like a, a call and response between the two. He had that in his head and he just, he was like, Hey, like Tyler, do you want to do this? And Tyler was like, yeah, I'd love to. 
and then Tyler got in uh, got in the booth uh, with uh, somebody local to um, local to him in Delaware, and then that guy sent it to Chris, and uh, you know Chris worked his magic, put it all together, and you had that you had the end of Call to Arms. That's great. That um, uh, it's one thing I, I love about hardcore is that um, we're so like accessible to each other. Yeah, yeah, and it's like me, the coolest thing about music, in my my opinion, um, is just you know it allows you to one see places you never thought you were gonna go to before, and two meet people, just meet all like a whole like just um. Like just just meet people in places you've never been in before, and that some of those people can end up to be your closest friends, you know, and you know just cre- you create relationships that last like a lifetime. I think I think that's the coolest thing about hardcore and just music in general. Hmm. I'm always curious, and I love asking my um, guests on the podcast. Um, I, I'm always curious about their origin story uh, to hardcore. Like, I want to know how did you get into it. Um, so, uh, we're gonna bring up Harold again. Shout out Harold. Harold's been my friend since I was like, um, I'm gonna say I was 14, 15. And, uh, we were, Harold used to be in this old band called, uh, They'll Float with, uh, uh another, be- another very good friend of mine, uh, uh, Joey. Uh, and they were playing a fest in Poughkeepsie, that's upstate New York. Um, it was called Fire and Ice Fest or something like that, and we um, we went up there. They played the fest, and then right towards when the end of the fest was happening, just a crazy snowstorm happened, and um, we got snowed in and we got stuck. And I remember I was like, um, I had work the next day, and I'm like, I'm snowed in eight hours away, and like. I remember I like made up some like crazy excuse to get out of work and like I also didn't tell my mom I was going upstate because my mom was like super like overprotective of me and um I had to make an excuse to her um and the snow and like everything the roads are safe to leave the next day and everything like that and on the and uh, I rode home with Harold and on the way home he started playing uh bands like um Turnstile Trapped Under Ice and the biggest one for me was foundation uh, that he was, he introduced me to foundation and um, foundation. Definitely mo- the most important, uh, important hardcore band to me and my favorite hardcore band um, introduced me, um, you know, it really opened my eyes to music that had, you know, it wasn't just like breakdowns and riffs and everything like that. They had that, but the most important thing they had was substance and and a message behind everything. Anytime I saw that band live, like I was just sitting there, you know, ears open, ready to hear and just, you know, reflect and like feel it. I felt it every time I saw them. Uh, uh, um, Thomas, the singer, you know, he always like, he always like you know put bullshit aside, and he you know, like was like you know this is a straight edge band and everything like that. But like here's I want I want to speak my mind. The might you know he was just such a good frontman. It was it was crazy just how he could just you know have a whole room's attention, just speaking his mind, speaking about like this is the reason why he wrote this song. This is my stance on what horrible thing happened today in the world and how we should not you know let 
you know, let bad things infiltrate our scene or bad people infiltrate our scene and how important everything like that is and how unity and cohesiveness is just so important to hardcore in general because like once you know once the foundation is gone like the it's it's, you know it's all gonna fall apart so just like so i could ramble on and on about foundation it's just like that band really like really like started it all for me i would say on the ride home from poughkeepsie so thank you harold for showing me when the smoke clears Shout out to Harold for that. That's awesome. I I, I feel like um, it's crazy to think about how long that band has been broken up for because it, it's just, um, you know, I, I feel like I, I hear it so much, like, you know, how important they are, like, you know, are to people. So it's just like, you know, such a bummer um, whenever I think about like the last time I saw them because I went to their last run of shows in California and okay. um so the, just you know to hear you bring them up again i'm just like man like it, it's such a bummer that, that they're um, broken up and um you know hopefully maybe sometime in the future uh maybe a reunion or something would be cool even though i'm not like the biggest fan of reunions but i expect bands yeah. like that that were like you know special you know um sh- should be um like allowed to do it um i definitely you know like I feel I definitely feel the same way about reunions. You know, like they, they I think they were around. I think they were around for ten years, ten eleven years. I think. Um, don't don't hold me to that. But I mean, like they did everything that time that they you know they were meant to do. They left that lasting impression. That you know they will stand the test of time. And um, I didn't get to go to the last Northeast run of shows because I was in Florida. But I luckily got to. Um, catch their last Florida shows, and I went to Atlanta for their final show. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, how was that that final show in Atlanta? God, oh. seeing just like you know, like that was the best way a band could ever go out. Uh, a bit, like seeing like that was the best. Like I've been to like final shows, whether it be you know like a semi popular band or like a local band, and like that was the best way a band could be laid to rest like that you know all the flowers at the end you know literally like literally just like putting them in the grave and they just just went out and you know you i guarantee you like they they are a name that will never escape like you know escape the lips of people in hardcore and the only i think they're a band that like even like years from now that younger kids will eventually stumble upon and everything like that and like just listen to music and be like this this shit was great these lyrics empowering and just like look up and just like look up all all like their, their live sets and everything like that and see their final show and look just 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 the energy that was captured that set was just like literally like i could i could never go to a show again and i'd be okay with that being like that that being it that's a powerful statement yeah, like I could ramble on about foundation. <laughs> well, th- that's awesome that you're able um, to make it to their last show because there's definitely some bands um, that I'm a fan of that if they ever announce that they're breaking up, it's like I have to be there, you know? Yeah, like I felt that I felt obligated for that. Like if I did, if I wasn't, um, if I wasn't uh, living in Florida or going to college, I would have definitely traveled. I would have flown from Long Island to, to Atlanta, 100%. That's awesome. Um, 
there's uh one thing i wanted to bring up um you went to ldb fest this year yes um how was that weekend for you um how can i summarize that um so um what i rode i rode down uh with um typecast and fuming mouth uh we went from massachusetts to uh louisville it was like a um it was like an 18 hour drive now i've never i've never toured for an extended period of time so like Everyone's joking, like, oh, so how are you going to, like, this is your first, like, you know, like, like overnight, like, t- uh, like tour drive, blah, 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 blah. Like, you won't survive. I won't lie. I was miserable. But I just, like, you know, I was sleeping most of the time. And, you know, just on the flip side, you know, it was cool just being packed in a van with friends, you know, going to this fest. I've never been to Kentucky before. Uh, you know, just being, you know, uh, getting to see a bunch of sick bands, seeing some friends, and um, overall, like, seeing what Louisville was about because, like, um, I heard a lot about Louisville prior to going and, you know, just how I, I don't know if you've heard it or like, or if you've seen it, a lot of people just like shit on the Midwest for being the Midwest, you know? And, um, I've seen plenty of people like, you know, make jokes and whatnot. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm a big believer, you know, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, let me go experience it myself and then I'll form my opinion about it. And I can also say LDB Fest was my favorite week weekend this year so far. It, it's my new favorite fest because uh the people who run it are awesome the bands uh, the, the way the way kentucky was the way the scene is welcome into all parties was was awesome um the venue was it was at right skate park it was just really just awesome open skate park uh the setup was sick uh everything that they had there was sick um it was just no bullshit all friends awesome bands everyone just having fun and it all sucked when I left, um, when we all left, because um, we left Louisville, I think it was, I think it was Sunday, Sunday morning, and that 18-hour drive turned into 23 because we got stuck in Ohio in a, in a, in a snowstorm, and I think somebody in the van got everybody sick. It was a miserable time, but I mean, I would go through it again because like, just such just such an awesome time and i mean it'd be really awesome you know this this next ldb fest coming up you know if we have the opportunity to play it um i think it would be really sick and i mean shout out shout out like life and death brigade ryan alex uh people that you know ryan alex ashton and, and tyler you know all the effort they put into you know like booking like such a sick fest and and of all the fests i've ever been to like there was literally just no nonsense it was just a smooth, fun weekend. I hear that from everybody that I've asked about um, their experience at LDB this past year. Um, just nothing but positive things to say about the entire fest. And I'm actually um, trying to make that um, one of the fests that I visit next year because I'm already um, like trying to plan um, all the things I'm going to try to do next year. And that's definitely like, at the um, top of my list. Yeah, I, I um I saw from I guess from the you know the coverage of LDB this year, and um I guess you know I have a lot of I have some friends that are like out west that didn't come out and they're like damn I really like I have FOMO right now and like I really and saying what you just said you know like, I really want to prioritize that in the fest I I travel to next you know um um 
I'd, I'd honestly recommend it to anybody that wants to have just a good time, you know, see some sick bands, you know, hang out with friends and, um, just, and just in the, just the atmosphere and the environment makes it all for me, honestly. So I wanted to ask you about this moment, um, you know, uh, during Vatican set. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, how did uh, that whole thing uh, with the Nintendo Switches come together, and how has that um, affected your life? So, <laughs> I mean, like, um, I love Vatican. Like, those, those guys are like family to me. So, I mean, shout out Vatican. Like, obviously, you know, like, if you're not listening to Vatican, you're fucking up. Like, you got to check that band out. And, I mean, um, what how, how this all came in, came about was um, – Vatican did a um, did a run with it was the Cassius Strain Chamber and Year of the Knife. It was like a, a short, uh, like a couple of days uh, during Christmas time. And um, Hosean, a very good friend of mine, I love him. He's you know such an epic dude. Um, him and Tom, uh, they um, uh, they you know they had their switches with them on the tour and. Um, Everybody, everybody in Vatican like is like has has roots in video games. Um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with. Uh, uh, have you ever uh, heard of Espionage VR, like a uh, clothing line? Yes, I, I've seen you post them quite a bit, and I feel like they have like a ton of sick stuff. Yeah, so that's Hosean. Uh, uh, Hosean does that. Hosean does just awesome. Uh, um, awesome video game shirts, like classic games. He did Final Fantasy VII, uh, Metal Gear, Silent Hill Two, uh, Twisted Metal, Fatal Frame, uh, Max Payne, and he still has like he's still pumping out stuff. And now he's doing um, anime shirts, which is sick. But Vatican is is a band surrounded like that has a gamer background. So like John, uh, John, uh, the singer, you know, was like you know shout out to the gamers and like Hosian and and. Uh, uh, Tom jokingly like raised their switches up, you know, uh, at the Long Island date of that tour I was mes- uh, me- mentioning. So when we were all at LDB, Hoseon was like, we got to get the whole squad together. Everyone bring the Nintendo switches because John's going to shout out gamers and stuff like that. And, you know, and it's like, it, it was, it was cool just because, you know, it's all my friends I play video games with, you know, just like this cool moment where, you know, like, it was the per- like LDB was the perfect place to do it too because like I was saying you know it was just all friends no bullshit everyone got a, everyone got a kick out of it I don't think there was one person who was pissed off about it or like had anything bad to say um, and like people were just going crazy like um, John was just shouting out games and like he was saying like gamers rise up and shit like that like just like you know like little funny nods you see on the internet just people were loving it and you know. The whole re- like you did you see the uh, collaboration T-shirt that Vatican and Typecast did together? Yes, I did. So that came. Um, that was a plan to do uh, once we saw uh, once everybody saw the like the pictures, uh, people uh, members of the band, and there was for some reason you know people like people uh, online. Once that got on, uh, you know people were documenting it and went online. I'm pretty sure uh, Vatican made it to IGN. Uh, and, um, and uh, like a very big, uh, Nintendo, uh, uh, Nintendo social media account. I forget which, but like they, you know, they got a little bit of exposure. And then my friend Joey, I don't know if you saw the video, he was moshing with his, his Nintendo switch. Yeah. That I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Joe, like, like 
um, we all like in the moment when we were doing it on stage, uh, like, you know, I hopped back to like, just put my switch away and then go watch Vatican. And as I was leaving, I just see Joey just hop off stage and just go at it, you know? And I thought it was also really funny too. Cause my friend Mark was also moshing and like, nobody got him. Joey got all the spotlight on that. So I'm like, Hey Mark, if you listen to this, like, I know, I know what you, I know what you did and you know, like, you know, I'll acknowledge you. But, um, just like when it got online, there was everyone like super, like everyone thought it was so sick. But then there was like handful, like a handful of people who were like, "Oh, you guys are like such nerds! Like you guys are like like throwing slurs around and stuff like that too. Like you don't belong in hardcore. Blah 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 blah. You kids suck. Like you got like." And I'm like, "Yo, like why do you gotta like? In terms of that, like why do you gotta hate on people who are just like having fun? You know, like hardcore." You know, you don't like. I I think the people the people who are hating are just kids who take hardcore a little too like a little too seriously, and like make hardcore personality trait. If you know what I mean, it's like if they didn't have hardcore, I don't know what they would be doing right now. Like you like you gotta like this band to be cool. You gotta be friends with this guy to be cool. Like all that shit's lame as hell. Like I don't know how you could hate on others. It's just like a band of people and just friends having fun at a fest. You know, so. They made that they made that shirt and they donated all the proceeds to uh, to charity. That's awesome. I had no idea that they're doing that with the proceeds from the shirts. Yes. I thought it was like a great moment. I was like watching that and I'm like, how did, like, how did these switches, um, you know, make it on stage? I, I, I thought it was a, um, you know, like, like a funny moment. Um, I, I, I did see a lot of the, like the backlash, people talking shit, but you know, there's always people out there who are, um, you know, the enemy of fun. Um, there's yeah. literally like no reason to like talk shit because it's literally you guys just doing your thing. You guys weren't like calling anybody out or trying to start problems with anybody you guys were just like enjoying your time at the fest exactly and you know we we're just you know just friends like we we're you know honestly you know just being ourselves that was honestly it and it's like you know you don't gotta like it's like people like you said who hate fun they gotta have like a stick up their ass and like just gotta like, rain on everybody's parade and um honestly if i if I, we could do it again i'd do it and like it was, it was funny too because i was um I was uh, watching. Um, I was watching merch for Typecast while Vatican was setting up, and uh, everybody um, prior, I had everybody give me their switch that was going to do it, and I just had this duffel bag, uh, or I know my bad, a tote bag just full of switches, like twenty switches, and I just like deliver. I was like delivering it on stage and like just put it down, and like everybody grabbed their switch and got ready for it. It was just so sick, such an awesome, also a great highlight of that weekend. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a cool moment. Um, are there any plans for the gamers to unite again? I mean, I would love to. I hope. I hope honestly, like uh, Reign of Salvation or Vatican, like we play shows together, or like Reign of Salvation, Typecast, Vatican, a- any combination of the bunch. I'd love. I'd love to. You know, just shout out to gamers. And uh, um, I know what's cool is um, I know when uh, Typecast goes on the road, um, they. Um, they have a they have a, a portable monitor they bring with them and they set up Smash Bros. Um, so that was also you know that was that was fun to do, and I think there was also um, there was um, upstairs I didn't get to go because I was just busy watching all the bands and stuff like that. Um, was upstairs there was like a, there was like a little like a, like TV setup for Smash and like other video games, and like 
we bring we can bring the fun on the road you know like that would be sick also anything like that you know keep you sane like also i mean on the ride on the on on those like the 18 hour ride and the 23 hour ride we were playing switch games and stuff like that you know anything to help the time pass by and just have fun what games do you own for your switch right now i'm i'm a switch casual all i have is um smash smash ultimate and uh undertale um i'm looking into get i'm looking in to get um new games soon for my switch um Funny enough, after the, the 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 gamer moment at LDB, like I put down my Switch for a while, and like I, I like burnt myself out on Smash Ultimate. Um, but I am looking to get um, you know see see what the what the releases are going to be like this year. Um, the only like gaming wise, the only thing I'm looking forward to is this Tuesday when Mortal Kombat 11 comes out. That's my all time favorite fighting franchise. I'm going to get that for my PS4. But I do know for a fact that uh mortal kombat 11 is going to be out on the switch and it is running at 60 frames per second i watched gameplay today so you know maybe maybe might get it for the ps4 and the switch but um right now game gaming gaming is going to be mortal kombat for me for sure i i definitely love mortal kombat i i saw like a ton of rumors when uh mortal kombat was first announced for the switch that that's the link that um uh, they have now uh, where scorpion or anybody could be in smash brothers and just make it like you know a whole different level of crazy oh wow i didn't even i didn't even think about that that would actually be that would be insane i think it'd be cool yeah I would, you know, like, i'd go for that yeah that would actually be really interesting um, I definitely, you know, I'd see one, somebody from the MK roster in the Smash Bros. Um, the roster for this game looks awesome. Um, they just showed um, a Shao Kahn is like a pre, like a pre-order bonus, and they showed gameplay of him today, and he looks insane. He literally, his fatality is literally like taking his hammer, smashing the guy, like hitting the guy. He hits the guy twice. Uh, it was Raiden he was doing the fatality on in the trailer. Hits Raiden in the stomach, so he keels over with his hammer. Hits him again, so like he's like on all fours, and then smashes smashes the hammer into his head, but the force sends his head into his body and out of his ass. I saw As that. Like, yeah, literally, literally insane. I feel like a little indifferent towards Mortal Kombat right now because um, I was a huge fan of Mortal Kombat 10, um, but so far in 11, they haven't brought back uh, Takeda, and uh, he was my favorite character from uh, Mortal Kombat 10. So, hey. Oh, okay, go ahead. I, know, I, I was going to say, I'm a little bummed because... Um, you know, I, I don't want to have to play as another character, but I might just go back to my original favorite character, which is uh, Sub Zero. That that's Sub Zero. So uh, like the cool thing about the well, Takeda was awesome. Uh, I played MKX for a long time. I didn't main him though, but I tried to get good with him, and I was like, ah. Uh, they did bring my main back. Uh, I mained Aaron Black. Okay. Uh, they well, I I mean when they introduced that variation system, I thought it was cool because like. Now you don't have to main one person. You can main multiple people in multiple variations and stuff like that. So I mained uh, – it was Scorpion, Aaron Black, and Ermac. Obviously, Scorpion and Aaron Black are back, but Ermac's not in this game apparently, uh, which kind of sucks. He was he was one of my old – like my old favorites. But um, what's cool is Sub-Zero, Scorpion, like they, like they're the faces of Mortal Kombat. Like they're like the most balanced, like easy to pick up, which is cool. You can never go wrong with Sub-Zero Scorpion. 
Yeah, I, I'm really interested in trying out like some of the new characters. I, I was really um, a fan of the video that they released of that character, the collector. Oh yeah, the, the 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 guy with six arms and has like just just pull stuff out of his bag and just uses the kill people. Um, he he's definitely so, like I'm definitely gonna like go into training mode as soon as I get the game with the new characters, learn how they play, see their fatalities, their brutalities. Um, um, definitely gonna definitely tackle the collector. Um, I don't know I don't know how how um, valid this is, but after the Shao Kahn. Um, gameplay there's only one person left to be uh one person left to be um announced i wonder who can be i hope it's a returning character um but i mean like 20 25 people off the get-go um is cool but i mean i don't know if you saw also their first dlc character is uh is gonna be shang sung voiced voiced uh by uh kari tagawa the guy that played him in the movie i did see that what what I haven't done is um you know there was like that leaked roster that came out I haven't compared um the leak to the actual list that we have now so I'm I'm wondering how accurate it really is. Like I'm like I'm I'm such a nerd with this game that like I I follow all that they do something called a combat cast. Yeah, every I've definitely seen that. Yeah, yeah, and I follow everyone, and the last one that they did um showed their the full roster. Um, minus two spots. So they introduced like, Shao Kahn. Um, Shao Kahn wasn't shown, so obviously one of the spots was him. Um, and then now that one spot I was telling you about is left. Um, they did say they're going to do a, a, a stream the day, so Monday, because the game comes out on Tuesday. Um, they're going to do it the day before the game comes out. So they'll probably debut the, the last character. And there's rumors, um, there's rumors that there's going to be even more unlockable characters in the crypt. Uh, which is cool. Um, I'm just interested uh, to see the story mode and, you know, just get back to what I did with MKX, which is literally like I, I, I grab a notepad and I pick who I want to play with and I just try to string together combos and I practice them until it's muscle memory. Yeah, I'm really excited for the story mode because I'm, I, I feel like there's a weird like fascination with uh time travel so uh, like anything that has anything to do with time travel i'm like you know like the most interested in so i'm pretty excited to play that story mode yeah, yeah anything with uh, a lot of games try to touch upon you know like uh, the whole multiverse theory timelines inter- intertwined timelines and you know uh, it's either done it's other done like really well or really bad but i think another run will do good i'm i always like their story modes yeah, it always blows my mind at how like in depth and fun like playing their story modes are compared to like all the other fighting games. I feel like um, nobody uh, you know can like match the level that uh, NetherRealm and Warner Brothers takes it like when it comes to story mode for fighting games. Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, another thing I'm excited for too is you know their combat pack, how they how they um, you know bring. Um, bring uh, like movie icons like you know like jason was a guest character in mkx leatherface predator alien anything like that uh the big the big um ed boone uh tweeted today and i don't know if you follow ed boone or just know when like know how he is on on the internet he's just a gigantic troll and will like tease things that aren't true but then sometimes he will tease things that are true and like he tweeted like um 
you know, like Shang Tsung is like confirmed first DLC character. Who do you think number two is going to be? And there's been this whole thing that's been confirmed since um, I think it was the end of MK9. Um, they have a deal. They uh, NetherRealm uh, had a deal with Todd McFarlane to um, just it's just like NetherRealm has a deal with Todd McFarlane. Obviously, the guy that created Spawn, and everyone's been saying that Spawn is going to be a guest character, and they've had. Uh, NetherRealm and Warner Brother have had this agreement for years, and I don't know when it's going to go out, but everyone's saying that, you know, if they didn't pull the trigger in X, that they're going to pull the trigger uh, for this game, for Spawn to be a guest character. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I know that. Uh uh, I think it was Ed Boon or um, the Mortal Kombat uh, Twitter account. Um, somebody did a, 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 like a poll um, on like who they would like to see as a guest character. Like I think it was 410 and um, Spawn just beat everybody because like, that, that's like the person that um, everybody wanted most in the game. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Spawn. That'd be awesome. Um, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know who else they could bring to the table, but I mean, I'm sure though. Every every guest character they did in MKX was awesome. The even like Triborg, the the I got we uh, Triborg was essentially three characters in one. You got Cyrax, Sector, and then you got Smoke. Everyone was like, "Oh shit, Smoke's back in the game!" And also, if you did, if you uh, you could do a no variation uh, for characters. If you did no variation for Triborg, you got Cyber Sub Zero. So it was essentially four characters in one. You know. So they might do something cool like that or just bring a, a cool movie icon to light. And I'm sure either way or like bring a classic character back. Like, you know, I know they, they brought um, Tanya and Bright Show back. Yeah. Wish they'd bring back a striker. Yeah, you know, it could be a possibility. I remember uh, I like playing him in the, the MK9 reboot. Um, so a long time ago, back when uh, the playstation 2 gamecube and xbox were relevant um there was a game that came out called soul Calibur 2 are, are you familiar okay. oh yes i am okay so each console got their own special guest character playstation got heihachi from tekken yep. gamecube got link from the legend of zelda and xbox they got spawn did you ever play it I did not. I've never. I unfortunately, I never owned the original Xbox. I had a 360. I skipped and I went to the 360. Okay. Um. So back then, I I feel like, uh, you know, even though uh, Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat, two totally different fighting games, the fact that they were able to put Spawn in Soul Calibur and make it work, um, just makes me, you know, wonder how much better he would be in Mortal Kombat since, like, you know. The, all fighting games have like tremendously like advanced not only in like game mechanics but graphically so oh I'm yeah like, yeah so i'm like crossing my fingers that they would add spawn but but at the same time i'm like just curious because obviously with uh mortal kombat 10 they had like that theme of bringing like you know um those like iconic um uh people from the movies i, I wonder if they're gonna bring in spawn um, and is he going to be a part of like another theme or are they just going to start bringing in like random people? Oh yeah. I, I think, I think they will. I'd like to say that they will keep that theme if they do, if they do bring spawn in, um, I think they'll keep that theme. Even if they don't bring him in, I think they'll still keep that theme. There was a, uh, there was a video I watched the other day. Um, it was, uh, I think it was game informer. Um, it was a speed. It was like a, like a, like a, a speed round with Ed Boon, and um, you know how we, we uh, Netherrealm uh, did that game that we don't talk about, uh, Mortal Kombat vs DC. 
<laughs> I honestly don't think it was that bad, but yeah. Man, it's just like, dude, you can't have a rated T Mortal Kombat game. Besides the point, the guy asked him, was like, hey, any, any, um, any, um, any plan to do like a, a NetherRealm Marvel game? And Ed was like, Ed in the clearest fashion was like, yeah, there has been talk. So if there's like a, a NetherRealm Marvel game, and like, that would be so awesome. I would love it, but, um, so I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, the last game they came out with was Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, and I don't know how it happened, but they dropped the ball like really hard. Like the game was um, pretty bad um, compared to the game that came out before that, um, Marvel versus Capcom Three. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping if uh, you know netherrealm is able to license um because uh you can license you know all those marvel characters uh to be in games like if they were able to pull off something like that uh mortal kombat versus um marvel or or something just like you know or even like a couple characters i feel like it would be like badass yeah if it's something like that or you know like how they have netherrealm makes injustice where you know it's just a dc roster and they fight each other um I would, I would honestly, I would like the the Mortal Kombat versus Marvel. And I would like for it to be not toned down. I would like for it to be a rated M game and just be, you know, traditional Mortal Kombat. And then you have Marvel people come in, and it's like, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into it because um, what they do with Injustice is um, pretty awesome, in my opinion. I didn't get into one. Um, cause I just like took a break from playing video games at that time, but I was all in for part two and I, I thought that game was amazing. I never, I never got, uh, bought it and played it. I watched, I watch, uh, I watched some of the, the pro players that I follow for MK. They play, they, they, um, branched into it when towards the end of MKX, I watched them play it, but I never sat down and got to play it. Um, uh, but it looked cool. And I feel like from what I've seen, um, what I've seen from Injustice Two has obviously made uh, made its made its uh, presence known in Mortal Kombat Eleven, like the whole like customizing uh, customizable gear, um, um, the fact that you know like there's no more like percent damage combos and like your health is numbered now, um, and it's like you know Shades of Injustice. So you mentioned you, you follow some pro players. I, I'm curious, who do you follow? Uh, I follow I follow Sonic Fox. I followed him since I saw him play Aaron Black in, in Mortal Kombat X. Uh, I follow um, um, Honeybee and Perfect Legend. Oh, and classic. I, I, so okay. I, I follow some. I, I follow some. Um, you know, uh, fighting game YouTubers also, uh, Super and uh, Maximilian Dude. And I just watch them, you know, play and stream and stuff like that. It's it's fun. I'm a big fan of watching like watching people stream games. So I like to play and you give you know just sit back and watch. It's their personality makes watching them fun. And um, it, it's sometimes you know watching the pros play, you learn, you see like okay, this is the meta. This is how they do this. Like let me go try to replicate that. Yeah, I'm. Um- for me, um, in Mortal Kombat, um, I, I was always a fan of uh, Tom Brady. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Even though he, he hasn't been doing too hot lately, but um, I was always just a fan of like, you know, his Sub-Zero. Um, uh, I, I think Perfect Legend's awesome. And then Sonic Fox is like the goat. I feel like he's just like, for what he's accomplished, like for as long as he did until he got like dethroned, I, I feel like he's like a super solid fighting game player, not just in like these NetherRealm games. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, I'm pretty sure, oh man, did he, I know MKX and Justice, did he play the, the Dragon Ball Fighter game? Yes. Do you know? Yes, he, he did. did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, crazy that kid's younger, like, he, like, he's younger than me, and, like, just, just taking home these gigantic prize pools and just being the champion of all these, you know, all these games. It's crazy. Um, so you mentioned Maximilian, who I think is um, amazing at what he does. I had this um, encounter with him at Disneyland of, of all places, because that's like, you know, where I'm at, like 90 percent of the time. If I'm not at work or home or at a show, I'm at Disneyland. Um, I was just there. I can't remember like what day it was. It was like, just like a random day. Um, me and my buddy were hanging out um, inside the magic shop and we're just like, you know, just in conversation. And I see Max like walking through the shop and it's not a big shop at all. So he's like walking through the shop and I'm like, holy shit, like that's Maximilian. So like I didn't want to like go crazy and fanboy on him. So like as he's like walking through the shop, I was like Maximilian and he kind of like turns her over and like looks at me and he's like, oh, he's like, hey, what's up, dude? And I was just like, uh, I was just like nothing. I was like, um, I was like, I, I just want to tell you, love all your videos, love everything that you do. It, it's awesome. And then like come like like trickling in behind him like it looks like his family um they're like looking at me like strange because i was talking to max and he was just like you know super grateful and just like you know just seemed really humbled um but then i i just left at that because i don't want to like you know be like hey can i take a picture and just make it like even more yeah. cheesy just wanted to let him like enjoy his time at disneyland um and not like freak out on like on him yeah i feel like that's definitely that's something cool i like i'm sure he like i'm i'm sure like uh I'm sure, like, if you asked for a picture, he definitely would have. He, he seems like a, like a really nice down-to-earth dude who, like, you know, probably, like, felt really good that you're like, oh, you know, like, you, you know, like, I appreciate all the videos and, like, time you take to, like, entertain me and everything like that and all these other people. It's cool when you see people, like, you know, like, you, you, you like, get to have that encounter and realize, you know, they're down-to-earth and, like, really humble and, like, they're not, like, stuck up or anything like that. Yeah, just the look that he gave me, he just seemed like really surprised that, you know, um, some random person in Disneyland like knew who he was. Yeah, I can't say I can't I can't say I've I've run into anybody that I like uh, watch on YouTube or um, or um, watch them stream. Um, there is a famous fighting game player from your neck of the woods. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Oh, are we talking about Eli Joe? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was at the show last night. I'm pretty sure. So uh, that uh, the uh, uh, that knock boost tour uh, hit um, hit Long Island yesterday. Okay. Uh, knock knock boost, Acacia strain, harm's way, uh, higher power sanction, and uh, Hangman actually opened up the show. Okay. Uh, he yeah I I know I know from following him he loves sanction and knock boost so I figured he he would be here. He'd be at the show going crazy. Like he always does. Um, I, I'm new to Eli Joe. Okay. Through my friends. Uh, and like, he's, he's awesome at what he does. I wish, like, you know, I wish I could do street fighter like he does or like any of my friends do. That's a game. I just like, I try to be good at and I suck at it. I'm just strictly mortal Kombat and Tekken at this point. 
But I mean, dude's dude's a maniac. Yeah. Um, last of all, the only time that I've ever been to Long Island, I like don't know him personally, but I uh, have been following him for a while. So I like shot him like a um, just like a at reply on Twitter. I was like, yo, going to be in Long Island, like would love to link up and get some food. And, um, he like, it surprisingly like responded and was like, yeah, dude, like I, I'm like super down. But then when I got to New York, like we like had to change like our plans. So the day that I was originally supposed to be in Long Island got like bumped to like a, a couple days later and it didn't like uh, match with the schedule. So like we didn't end up ha- hanging out, but the fact that he was open to it, I, I thought it was like pretty awesome. No, oh, yeah, he seems like a very nice dude. I remember when I saw uh, that Harm's Way got their gear stolen. Um, he he did a charity stream where every donation went straight back to um, Harm's Way to fund fund getting their new gear and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. I definitely remember him doing that stream. Um, hmm. what was well, I was um oh yeah like oh also i mean if if this is uh i know higher power got their gear stolen in new york city which is awful because they're from the uk they're an ocean apart uh like they're an ocean away uh and like i'm pretty sure he uh bumped you know signal boosted the tweet in their their um their um gofundme that's going around right now so i mean like hey you know like this goes live in a relevant enough time um you know Donate some money to higher power, buy some of their stuff. They're literally an ocean away from home and they got all their, their musical gear stolen. Help them out. Yeah. I'll definitely link the GoFundMe in the show notes when this gets posted. Yeah, that'd be sick. Well, Sal, I I feel like, um, Oh, okay. One thing I was, um, looking at, uh, you know, the band name reign of salvation. Did you, um, uh, pick that because it includes <laughs> your name. Did you sneak that in there? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're not the first person to ask me that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that's funny. Okay. So I'm, I'm not the only one who's like looking into this like more in depthly. No, 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 I don't. I don't have. I don't have a god complex. I don't want to make this. Ba- this band isn't all about me. You know. Like I. I think. I think how the game, the name came about was. Um, man. I think the hardest part about honestly the hard the hardest part about a band is not even writing the music it's about picking a name. Uh, I suck at it. I it because like there's endless possibilities and then when you finally feel like you narrow down on a choice you go and you see like oh there's this band from this place named that and then it's like oh if we go forward you know like they could like be like oh yeah like we had this name first or like someone's like oh yeah there's so and so band from here so you got to try to like think of something completely original that hasn't been done before. And I remember we were going to, um, um, we were going to, um, name the band, uh, prayers for rain after the cure song. Okay. But, but, um, so another group of friends actually had that name down. It was on artwork and everything like that. So we're like, okay, we don't want to step on toes or anything like that. They had it first, obviously. So, I think I was just throwing around I was throwing out words and I said like salvation because we knew we wanted to be like a straight edge band and you know like straight edge of salvation and then somebody like took like you know the rain part from like praise for rain it was like rain of salvation and that and everyone was like ah oh, you know 
um, uh, let's do it. And, and just, you know, you know, like one, uh, my friend Fink, uh, literally was like, are you guys a Christian band? And I was like, Oh God damn it. I was like, Oh, this all makes sense now. I got a couple of like, Oh, are you guys a Christian band? You know, like, reign of salvation. It sounds kind of like biblical, but we're not a Christian band. <laughs> we just thought reign of salvation is not cool. All right, so not a Christian band, but a straight edge band. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you giving me the time and coming on. Um, and this is like super early on in you know, the, the life of Reign of Salvation. So um, would love to have you on again in the future whenever you guys release more music or going on like full U.S. tours. Would love to have you back on and uh, talk more about the band. Dude, that would be awesome, dude. I appreciate you reaching out to me and wanting to do this. Um, you know, anytime you want me back, I'll be more than glad to come. Maybe you know, uh, have uh, maybe like TJ or somebody else in the band, like uh, like with me. We, you know, you you talk uh, talk to both of us, or maybe even like you no, know, who knows, the whole entire band. But um, dude, just awesome stuff like this is cool. Keep doing it, um, and you know, I need to, you know, anytime you want to hit me up and bullshit, you know. I'm I'm a I'm a DM away. Hell yeah, definitely appreciate that. Um, before we go, um, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, I mean, I want to shout out, you know, like uh, you know, squad, you know, shout out Typecast, Vane, uh, Hangman, Year the Knife, uh, Simulacra, Foreign Hands, um, uh, Hell South, new band, they're fucking awesome. Shout out Geo, um, Bleed, Fuming Mouth. Um, Vatican and you know just shout out Straight Edge and also um, shout out Gamers Rise Up there you have it Sal from Reign of Salvation appreciate you coming on appreciate all of you guys uh, coming in or tuning in every week and listening to the podcast definitely appreciate it thank you for all the love and support I definitely appreciate it and this has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast always on top
see the 